The following is a CJBT Productions podcast. This is the free version of the Music History Today Weekly Edition podcast number 202. This week, we go over the news and charts, and we make the case for putting Dionne Warwick and Kate Bush into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Let's get some podcast business out of the way before we begin. As of now, I am doing both free and paid podcasts. As for the free podcast that you will still find on whatever podcast platform that you're listening to me on, I will still be doing the daily Music History Today for whatever date podcast. I will also be doing a free version of the weekly edition and the EDM podcast. Now for the paid part. I've started a Patreon page where I have a couple of tiers at the moment. Tier 1 gives you the Music History Today daily podcast, the full version of the weekly edition podcast, and the full version of the EDM podcast, along with a minimum of four extra podcasts per month. Those podcasts, on that tier at least, will be the top albums podcast, the top singles podcast, and the top dance songs podcast with the Music Halls of Fame podcast moving into this tier and will actually now only be a monthly podcast. That tier will cost you $5 per month. There may also be another special podcast added on that tier. It all depends on the month, but those four podcasts are guaranteed each month. That's a minimum of 10 podcasts a week, plus two podcasts dropping every Monday through Wednesday. For Tier 2, you will get the Music History Today daily podcast, the full versions of the Weekly Edition podcast, and the full versions of the EDM podcast, along with all of the paid podcasts on Tier 1, along with a minimum of at least four additional podcasts per month. That tier is $10 per month. The additional podcasts on that tier are the Top Dance Songs by Decade podcast, the Award Show History podcast, and the Music and Concert Venues podcast. I'm also adding another monthly podcast to that tier called Music's WTF Moments podcast, where I look at some of the most controversial, sad, or strange moments in music history. The Music History Today In-Depth podcast will be added for this tier as well and will still be a weekly podcast. And much like Tier 1, it all depends on the month, but those four podcasts are guaranteed each month for Tier 2 only. And I will probably add another podcast or two to that tier as well. So for that tier, there is a minimum of 12 podcasts a week with two podcasts dropping every Monday through Friday for most weeks. And if you like the history of music and want to support my love of bringing it to you, then please, please join my Patreon page. The link is in the show notes. 
the free podcasts are also on my YouTube page now. Just search Music History Today on YouTube or go to the link in the show notes below. Like, subscribe, and hit that notification bell so you'll always know when the new videos come out. I also put extra podcast videos on there. Not the full paid podcast, but small segments and topics. So check out the YouTube page for some extra goodies. On to the news of the week. The Grammy Awards were handed out last week Sunday. Beyonce made history, becoming the winningest female artist by winning her 28th award. She is now second overall in wins to classical conductor George Solti. She's not that far off from him, though. He's got 31 wins. As far as the ratings for the show went, well, um, they tanked. The ratings for the show tanked 53% to only 8.8 million people. What's worse for the Recording Academy is that despite the fact that they were trying to attract younger viewers by putting on artists like BTS, Harry Styles, etc., etc., according to Nielsen Rating Systems, the guys who give you all those lovely ratings for your TV shows, 97.9% of people 49 years old or younger we're doing something other than watching the Grammys. Sign of the times. As for the winners, we won't go over every single one because there's 81 categories, but here are the highlights. Record of the year for the second year in a row went to Billie Eilish with Everything I Wanted. Album of the year as predicted, but it was a no-brainer, I mean really. Taylor Swift's Folklore. Best R&B Performance, Beyoncé, Black Parade. Best Pop Vocal Performance, Dua Lipa, Future Nostalgia. Best Rap Song, Megan Thee Stallion and, yes, the Golden Girl, Beyoncé with Savage. Song of the Year, Her with I Can't Breathe. Best Latin Pop or Urban Album, Bad Bunny, of course. This one, Y-H-L-Q-M-D-L-G. Best Melodic Rap Performance, Anderson Pock with Lockdown. Best Pop Solo Performance, Harry Styles, Watermelon Sugar. Best Country Album, Miranda Lambert's Wild Card. Best New Artist, Megan Thee Stallion. Best Pop Duo Group Performance, Lady Gaga and Ariana Grande's Rain On Me. Best Rock Performance, Fiona Apple with Shamika. Best Rock Album, The Strokes with The New Abnormal. Best Alternative Music Album, Fiona Apple's Fetch the Bolt Cutters. Best R&B Song, Her, Michelle Indegiocello and Robert Glasper with Better Than I Imagine. Best Progressive R&B Album, Thundercat with It Is What It Is. Best Rap Performance, again, Savage, Megan Thee Stallion, and Beyonce. Best Rap Album, Nas, who finally, after all these years, gets one. King's Disease was the album. Best Country Solo Performance, Vince Gill's When My Amy Prays. Best Country Album, The High Women, with Crowded Table. 
great album. Glad they finally got one. And producer of the year, non-classical, was Andrew Watt. Best film music, Beyonce, Black is King, best global music album, Burna Boy, with twice as tall, and best American roots performance, John Prine's I Remember Everything. And if you think I skipped the dance categories, I did. I put them on the EDM podcast, which drops every Tuesday at 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time etc., etc., in your time zones. In other award news, the Academy Award nominations were announced the day after the Grammy Awards came out. As far as musical people who were nominated, Andrew Day was nominated for Best Actress for The United States vs. Billie Holiday, and Leslie Odom Jr. was nominated for Best Supporting Actor for One Night in Miami. As far as the actual music categories went, the nominees are for Best Original Song, Fight For Her, or Fight For You from Judas and the Black Messiah, music by Her, and basically just Her, and a couple other people. Hear My Voice, Trial of the Chicago 7. Daniel Pemberton did the music, Daniel Pemberton and Celeste Waite did the lyrics, Going back to Judas and the Black Messiah's song, uh, let's give it its due. Music was done by her and Dernst Demille II. Lyrics were done by her and Tiara Thomas. There we go. Next one up was Eurovision Song Contest. Name of the song, Husavik. Music and lyrics by Savan Kotecha, Fat Max Zeus, and Richard Gorenson. The next movie is The Life Ahead. Name of the song, IOC Scene. Music by Diane Warren. Lyrics by Diane Warren and Laura Passini. Diane Warren being one of the most prolific songwriters of the past, I would say, 40 years now. And from One Night in Miami, Speak Now. Music and lyrics by Leslie Odom Jr. and Sam Ashworth. As far as best score goes, well, the nominees are The Five Bloods, Terrence Blanchard, Mank with Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross from Nine Inch Nails, Minari from Emil Mosseri, News of the World by James Newton Howard, and Soul by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, along with John Baptiste. In other quick news, Katy Perry is going to do a Las Vegas residency at the New Resorts International Hotel that is slated to open later this year, I believe. COVID restrictions applying, I'm sure. In festival news, Coachella has been postponed until April 2022. In legal news, EDM duo Justice are threatening to sue Justin Bieber for copyright infringement over the album cover design for Justin's new album, appropriately titled Justice. In breakup news, Carol G. and Annual AA announced that they have broken up. Also, Saweetie announced that she has broken up with Quavo. 
blues guitarist Kenny Wayne Shepard has had his Blues Foundation Blues Guitarist of the Year nomination rescinded, and the guitarist's father has been asked to resign from the Foundation's Board of Directors. This after Muddy Waters' daughter posted online about Shepard's continued use of the Confederate flag on his guitars and in his shows. Kenny responded online that he used the flag because of his love for the TV show The Dukes of Hazard. However, when you think about it, since the blues music is mainly black music, at least that's where it started, uh, using the Confederate flag is really, I mean, just no. So, sorry, Kenny. Bloomberg announced that Kanye is now worth $6.6 billion due to his Yeezy brand. That is up from $1 billion just last year alone. So, in essence, according to Forbes, he's made $5.6 billion in one year. Think about that. That actually makes him the richest black person in America in history as if you thought Kanye wasn't insufferable enough already. That's provided that that is actually true, though, and that Forbes just didn't finagle some stuff. You never know. There are, unfortunately, two passings to pass along this week. Rest in peace to Vahuan Allure St. Laurent, who basically went under Juan Allure. Juan was one of the DJs who brought black ballroom culture music to the clubs. Juan's cause of death, nor his age, was announced, but he had to have been at least in his 40s because he has been doing black ballroom culture music for the better part of 20 years now. And rest in peace to Dan Sartain. Dan was the singer-songwriter and guitarist in such bands as Plate Six before going solo and becoming something of a cult icon in the indie rock scene. Dan's cause of death was not announced, but Dan Sartain was 39 years old. Okay, as a refresher, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame announced its list of 16 nominees for consideration for induction into the Hall only about a month or so ago. The nominees this year are Mary J. Blige, Kate Bush, Devo, Foo Fighters, The Go-Go's, Iron Maiden, Jay-Z, Shaka Khan, Carol King, Fela Kuti, LL Cool J, New York Dolls, Rage Against the Machine, Todd Rundgren, Tina Turner, and Dionne Warwick. And as always, every year, the Rock Hall has a fan vote, which normally goes a long way in determining who gets into the hall. I say normally, I'll explain in a few. You can, as always, go to rockhall.com to vote. You can do it once a day for five different artists. And yes, I will be concentrating my vote on the five who I desperately want to get in this year. 
The way it normally works is this. The winner of the fan vote would normally get in, and it's kind of worked out that way almost every year since they started the fan vote. In fact, with the exception of four times and probably this year, and I will explain that as well, since they started the fan vote, the top three vote-getters were inducted into the Hall of Fame. Last year, though, it definitely did not work out that way, as fan favorites the Dave Matthews Band and Pat Benatar both didn't get in, even though they were top three in vote-getting. But the Notorious B.I.G. and T-Rex both got in, even though they were down towards the bottom third in voting, for the fans at least. As a matter of fact, I will now explain that the reason why I don't think it's going to happen this year again is that number one is a guy that no one in America remembers, and that is Fela Kuti. He, as of this very second, has 328,605 votes, which means that his group, whoever, doing a really good job of jacking up the votes for him. Otherwise, he wouldn't be in the top 10 easily. Definitely would not be in the top 10. He deserves to get in, but he wouldn't be number one over Tina Turner, who is actually number two, and Felicuti actually, uh, by the looks of it, they went from being only about 4,000 away from each other last week to this week now being over 12,000 away. So tells you something's going on. So my prediction, Felicuti is not going to get in this year. It, if he does, it's not because the fan vote's a little warped, we'll say, to be nice. As far as the others go, number three is actually Iron Maiden, who deserve to get in, and I hope they do. The Go-Go's are number four. Foo Fighters, who I predict are an automatic to get in, they're number five. Carol King is number six, Todd Rundgren number seven, Devo is eight, Dion Warwick is nine, Rage Against the Machine, who I desperately want in. They're at number ten. Shaka Khan is eleven, Kate Bush is twelve, New York Dolls is thirteen, Mary J. Blige is fourteen, LL Cool J is fifteen, and Jay Z, who I think is actually going to get in because he is a first time nominee, is dead last. People don't like hip-hop in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's just the way that goes, but it doesn't matter. One of those two, either LL or Jay-Z, will be in. Too bad if you don't think that they deserve it. So be it. So, every week for the past few weeks, we've been making the case for you to vote for two different artists. We've got a few more weeks to go on it, so this week... I'm going to make the case for putting two more ladies in, especially since this is Women's History Month. To Generation Z and to the Millennials, Dionne Warwick is everyone's favorite Twitter follow. To Gen Xers like myself and above, Ms. Warwick is one of the biggest hit makers of the 20th century. In fact, she's in the top 40 best chart-topping artists between 1955 to 1999, according to Billboard magazine. Dion's released 40 studio albums. Of those, 11 hit the top 40 albums chart, with one going top 10. On the R&B chart, it's completely different, with 20 going top 40, 
10 of those going top 10, and 1966's Here Where the Love Is going to number one. She's also put out five live albums, of which four of them went top 40 on the R&B chart. Singles-wise, Dion's released 82 of them. Of those, 29 hit the top 40 with 11 going top 10, and two of them, That's What Friends Are For, and Then Came You, going to number one. On the R&B chart, 31 hit the top 40, 13 went to the top 10, and That's What Friends Are For, Walk On By, Deja Vu, and Reach Out To Me, hitting number one. Dion is the second biggest charting female artist of the 20th century, right after the legendary Aretha Franklin. None of this is really surprising when you consider that her family is stacked with legendary singers. Her aunt, for instance, is gospel great Sissy Houston. Two of her cousins are newly inducted Rock and Roll Hall of Famer Whitney Houston and trailblazing opera great Leontine Price. Yes, just to clarify, Whitney Houston is not her niece. Whitney Houston is her cousin. There you go. As far as Kate Bush goes, not a lot of Americans even know who she is, aside from her 80s smash hit, Running Up That Hill. Even there, they probably only know the cover versions by Placebo and Meg Myers. Or they may also know her from her duet with Peter Gabriel called Don't Give Up. Still other aficionados of 80s music deep cuts might remember her very first hit, Wuthering Heights. In her native UK, though, the former child prodigy is an art pop legend and was basically Billie Eilish 20 years before Billie Eilish was even conceived. Kate has released 10 studio albums, and every single one of them went top 10 in Great Britain, with two of them going to number one. In America, only two of her albums charted, went to the top 30, didn't get above number 28. Singles-wise, Kate released 37 singles. In the UK, 26 of them hit the top 40, with 8 of those hitting the top 10 in Wuthering Heights and the charity song Let It Be hitting number 1. In America, crickets. Only 4 songs hit the top 100. The highest one, Running Up That Hill, hit number 30. Even Don't Give Up with Peter Gabriel only went to number 72 on the pop charts. So, how do people in America, especially Gen Xers and above, know Kate Bush? Oh, that's easy. MTV. See, back in the 1980s, MTV needed videos, and the Brits were, by far, making the most music videos. And that is why Britpop and New Wave became popular, groups like Duran Duran, etc., etc., American artists finally caught on, but by then, the second British invasion had already begun, with the aforementioned Duran Duran, the Eurythmics, Culture Club, completely ruling the charts. Kate rode that wave, with Running Up That Hill becoming a very popular video at the time. In fact, on the old MTV video music countdown charts, Running Up That Hill was consistently in the top 10 that year. As for why the Hall has seen fit to nominate her, well, simply put, she's one of the most respected and influential 
art pop artists of the past 40 years. You wouldn't have artists like Grimes or Lord without Kate doing what she did back in the 1980s. So now to the big question. Will either Dion or Kate get into the hall? The answer, I think, is eventually. Do they deserve to get in? Yeah, absolutely. Both of them do. For American voters, at least, Dion has the commercial resume. Kate has the critical one. However, there's a lot of competition this year, which might make it difficult for either of them to get in with this particular group. My hope, though, is that this year the Hall will see fit to let the vast majority of the final nominees be women. I'm already sure that the Foo Fighters and Jay-Z will be in, but let the other slots be filled by women. We will, of course, see what happens in a few weeks when they finally say who's going to get in. Remember, go to rockhall.com to vote for who you think should get in. You can only vote once a day, remember, unless apparently you're a fella Cootie fan, in which case get your computer running. Never mind. Next week, we're going to make the case for inducting Todd Rundgren and fella Cootie and perhaps we'll even try to make sense of why he's doing so well with the fan vote, aside from the fact that he does actually deserve to get in. I'm just a little suspect about why he's so high up in the fan vote. That's all. On to a little bit of the chart action for the week, starting off every single week with Billboard magazine. And things have changed a little bit, but not on the top album. That's still, for yet another week, Morgan Whalen with Dangerous, the double album. Top single, though, is now officially changed. No more Olivia Rodrigo. It has been taken over by Drake. In fact, most of this chart has been taken over by Drake this week. Drake's What's Next is the top single. Drake is the top artist. BTS, though, is still the top social media artist. Top streaming song is Drake's What's Next. BTS's Dynamite is the top digital sales song. Chevelle with Neratius, or Neratius, is the top sales album and the top current sales album. Queen's Greatest Hits is the top catalog sales album. Top independent album is only The Family Presents Loyal Brass Compilation. Top vinyl album is Kings of Leon with When You See Yourself. And The Weeknd's Blinding Lights is, for the umpteenth week in a row, the top adult contemporary song. On the country charts, top country album is Morgan Whalen's Dangerous the Double Album. Gabby Barrett's I Hope is the top country song. Top country streaming song is Morgan Whalen's Wasted on You. Top country digital sales song is Ellie King and Miranda Lambert's Drunk and I Don't Want to Go Home. On the rock charts, top rock song for a yet another week, 24 Karat Golden and Ian Dior's Mood. Chevelle's Neratius or Neratius is the top rock album. We'll just say Neratius because why not? 
Top Rock streaming song, Machine Gun Kelly and Black Bear with My Ex's Best Friend. Top Rock digital sales song, Ellie King and Miranda Lambert with Drunk and I Don't Want to Go Home. Chevelle's Neradius is the top hard rock album. Foo Fighters Waiting on a War is the top hard rock song. Top hard rock streaming song is Guns N' Roses' Sweet Child of Mine. And the top hard rock digital sales song is State of Mine and No Resolve with the Thunder Rolls. Top alternative song is 24 Karat Golden and Ian Dior's Mood. Also happens to be the top alternative streaming song. Both of those are for at least the 12th week in a row. Top alternative digital sales song is an old chestnut from the 80s for another week in a row. It is Tears for Fear with Everybody Wants to Rule the World. And Chevelle's Neradius is the top alternative album now, taking over what was, for the most part, Taylor Swift's year-long run at the top spot. On the rap and R&B charts, it's Drake. Drake's What's Next is a top rock song, or top rap song, top rap streaming song, top rap digital sales song. Top rap album, though, Pop Smoke, Shoot for the Stars, Aim for the Moon. On the R&B side, Silk Sonic rules it. Top R&B song, top R&B streaming song, top R&B digital sales song, Silk Sonic's Leave the Door Open. The weekend's The Highlights is the top R&B album. Globally, things have changed a little. The top global song is Drake's What's Next, but if you exclude the U.S.'s numbers, it is still Olivia Rodrigo's driver's license. On the Latin charts, things have changed a little bit. Bad Bunnies is still number one, sort of. He's got the number one song with Jay Cortez, Daki T. He's got the number one album with El Ultimo Tour del Mundo, but Caliuchis with Telepatia is the top Latin streaming song. Top Latin pop album is also Cali Uchis with Sin Miedo del Amor y Otros Demonios. And the top Latin digital sales song is the new one from DJ Snake and Selena Gomez with Selfish Love. On the Canadian charts, Drake rules there as well. Top Canadian song, top Canadian digital sales song, Drake's What's Next. Morgan Whalen's Dangerous, a double album, still the top Canadian album. Top Canadian adult contemporary song is Gabby Barrett's I Hope. Top Canadian country song is Parmalee and Blanco Brown with Just The Way. Top Canada rock song is Foo Fighters, Waiting on a War. Top K-pop song is I Use Celebrity. Top UK song, Olivia Rodrigo's Driver's License. Top UK album, Kings of Leon's When You See Yourself. Top UK digital sales song, top Euro digital sales song. And top German song is Nathan Evans with Wellerman. Top French digital sales song is Grand Corps Malade with Mesdames. Top German album is King Orgasmus One. Yes, that's actually the name. King Orgasmus One. Name of the song is Manifest. Top Spanish digital sales song. Pablo Alboran with Taboo. 
Top Australian album is Kings of Leon's When You See Yourself. Top Australian digital sales song is Pink and Willow Sage Heart with Cover Me in Sunshine. As always, and as I said in the news segment, the EDM charts are on the EDM podcast. And this week you'll also get the EDM Grammy Awards. That podcast, the EDM podcast, drops every Tuesday morning at 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 4 a.m. in Chicago, 2 a.m. in L.A., 10 a.m. Actually, no, it is now 9 a.m. for one more week in Great Britain. And it is 10 a.m. in Paris and Spain and the Central European time zone and 11 a.m. in Russia or at least Moscow, on the western side of Russia. Reason being, daylight savings time. The U.S. has already moved up. Europe moves up next Sunday, the 28th, if I'm not mistaken. So there you go. Moving on. Apple, top album, Justin Bieber's Justice, which best believe it will be number one next week on Billboard's charts basically knocking Morgan Whalen down from the number one spot. Just my prediction. Top single is Cardi B's Up. On the Spotify charts, Olivia Rodrigo's Driver's License is the top global streaming song and the top UK streaming song. However, you guessed it, it's Drake in America with What's Next. On the YouTube charts, things have definitely changed. It used to be that Olivia Rodrigo basically owned this chart and also when it came to the global charts that it was owned by music from India. All of that, for the most part, has changed. Top song in America, Doja Cat Streets with 10 million views. Top artist, Young Boy, Never Broke Again with 44.6 million views. Top music video is probably a one-week only thing. It's Cardi B and Megan The Stallion with WAP. However, it is the Live at the 2021 Grammys version. That had 8.06 million views. In the UK, everything's changed. KSI, Youngblood, and Polo G's Patience is the top song that had 2.57 million views. Central T owns the top artist and top music video slots. Top Artist views 5.8 million. Top music video 6 for 6 with 1.49 million views. So Central T doing his thing. Globally, well, it's back to the land of K pop for a little while. Rose's On the Ground is the top song and the top music video. Song views, it is 121 million. Video views, 95.5 million. However, Indian music still rules as far as the top artist goes. And for yet another week, it is Alka Ragnik with 374 million views of her music. And that's actually up from 353 million from last week, which shows you where the next gold mine is for the music industry, I guess. The HitsDailyDouble.com top album for another week and probably the last one, is Morgan Whalen's Dangerous, the double album, especially since Justin Bieber just came out. On the song Revenue Chart, Drake's What's Next made 267468 
U.S. dollars, weekly sales revenue of $17,003 on 18,700 units sold. Streaming revenue was $250,465 with 44,330,000 streams. As always, that breaks down to six-tenths of a penny per stream. Buy your music. Unless you don't like Drake. He's got enough money as it is. Anyway, if you look at it from last week's perspective, Cardi B's Up only made $108,454 and didn't come anywhere near anything that Drake did this past week. So there you go. Shazam's top U.S. single is Silk Sonic's Leave the Door Open. The top U.K. single is Oh Wonder with All We Do. On the BBC One Radio top singles chart, it is Anne-Marie, KSI, and Digital Farm Animals with Don't Play. BBC Two Radio's top single didn't actually report, so it holds for Gabrielle with Stop Right Now. If you've ever wondered why we don't do iHeartRadio, since they're the big U.S. radio guys here, they don't update their charts. They do it like once a month or once every other month. I don't know why that is. So that's why we don't report it. Rolling Stone Magazine's top song is Drake and Lil Baby with Wants and Needs. Top album is Dangerous, the double album. Top streamed artist is Drake. And the top trending song is Drake's What's Next. This week, you will get new releases from, among others, Anna Fox Rochinsky, Clark, Death From Above 1979, Evanescence, First Aid Kit, Floating Points and Pharaoh Sanders, Genghis Tron, Jack Sims, John Smith, Serpent with Feet, The Antlers, Tomahawk, Tune Yards, Tons, and Juju. And that is it. For Music History Today, the weekly edition podcast number 202. Everybody have a safe week, and thanks for listening. Audio engineering and editing, video editing, writing, narration, basically everything having to do with this podcast is done by yours truly. You can find us on our website at cjbtproductions.com. Our podcast is on all of your favorite podcast providers, such as Apple Music, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Spotify, etc., all under Music History Today. If you would like to support this podcast, our Patreon can be found at patreon.com backslash musichistorytoday. We are also on Twitter at Music History Day. And you can now find us on YouTube. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and hit that notification bell anytime you want to know exactly what videos are dropped and when. All of those links can be found in the show notes below. Thank you very, very much for listening. Thank you.